chance time to Foley sends it in. Here's the chance in front. Oh, it just went wide. Centered again and cleared by William Carlson. Rolling, rolling, and it is icing. You're listening to All the King's Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the King's Men. While this episode says goodbye to the Kings and their 2017-18 season, I'll remind you that it is not goodbye for All the King's Men. We will continue producing episodes throughout the spring and summer, We'll be covering the AHL playoffs in your Ontario reign, the ongoing NHL playoffs, as well as bringing you updates on the Kings offseason, former player interviews, and more. Never miss an episode by subscribing on iTunes or any other podcasting app. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com podcast. We're on above the ice, blah, 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 Rob Miller, Spratz Box, Staples Center, blah, 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 King Sweat, blah, 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 the Royal Half. I, for one, welcome our new expansion team, Overlords. Jack Jablonski. <laughs> hey, Jesse. Blah, 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 blah. Thanks for listening, King Sans. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> oh, wait, what about the core? <laughs> what core? All right. Uh, <clears throat> the core in my heart that just got ripped out. This would be the best time for us to do a season-long review of the movie The Core, like we've <laughs> like we've threatened to do before. Uh, look, the Kings. What was the final shots on goal? The Kings, a million. The Golden Knights two. No, they, and the they, Golden Knights score on their one. Uh, they had thirty-one because I I, I I looked over um, sitting next to you and, and Jack A. Wilson, and we turned to each other and said, uh, a nine-minute mark. I think they had 27 uh, shots. And we said, how many more are they going to have before the game? And I said, they're going to end this game with 32. They're going to get four shots. For, uh, they, had 30, yeah, they had 28. So like they're going to get four shots in nine minutes, and they did. <laughs> uh, look, Mark andre Fleury played an amazing game. Jonathan what was Quick. the save percentage? 977. Okay, let's just round that up, right, to an even thousand. <laughs> I mean, you might as well. Like, what, like, what are we doing here? Jonathan, Jonathan Quick played a great game. Mark andre Fleury played a slightly better game. <laughs> this game ends one to nothing, same as the first game of the series. Can't score, he can't win. Uh, the half, did Mark andre Fleury steal this game? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm curious that on the last podcast, the, the Vegas guy said that Andre Fleury hadn't been playing well until last, till game three. Um, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think my, my, my frustrating thing about this game, sitting in that press box watching it, is there was four or five clear opportunities where during the regular season, the Kings bury that. Kopitar going through the slot a couple times, Brown in front of the net. Um, that last shot from Brown in the slot that went yeah. off the, 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 the webbing of the webbing of, of Fleury's glove. They buried those in the regular season. And, and I don't know what happened here. I think by game four, Fleury was in everyone's heads, and they just didn't think they could get it past him. 
There, there was this thing that used to annoy me uh, when Dominic Hasek was at the top of his game and everybody would talk about, oh, he's the dominator, he's so impressive. And I would start to watch the games and I would get really annoyed because as the game would progress or as a series would progress, he would have two or three legitimately unbelievable inhuman saves early on and then that would get in shooters heads and by the end of the game shooters weren't taking right. wide open nets right. and they were trying to put an extra pass and, and extra move, yeah and you'd yeah. go like okay he's it's not that he's and 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 i understand that part of his greatness is that he gets in the players heads but it would annoy me because you go like okay it's not that he's playing this unbelievable style of goaltending through the whole game it's just that after 15 minutes of the game it gets in your head i felt a lot of that tonight jack what did you think of uh, of flurry's game tonight I thought he played outstanding, and he played outstanding all series as, you know, when we round up to 1,000 on the save percentage. (laughs) But in general, it's crazy to think that Jonathan Cook was outplayed in this series because he played so well. And, you know, this whole year, you know, ups and downs, everyone, you know, got on Flurry and was like, well, why, you know, what's wrong with Flurry? He's, or I mean, uh, uh, with Quick. And -hmm. and then he comes up into the playoffs and he plays lights out and he gets outplayed. And it, it, it wasn't close, but it just showed how well Flurry played compared to Quick when Quick played phenomenal. And it's just, it is unfortunate because you hate to see a performance like Quick's go to waste uh, on the way he played and, and, and the year he had uh, that he had to deal with in the, the moving roster. But uh, back to Flurry, it, it, it's great for hockey because I th- everyone loves Marc Andre Flurry. He's a, he's a great personality to have in the NHL. It's, it's great to see him be successful but at the same time it, it sucks that you know the kings are the ones who <laughs> suffer because of it <laughs> the king's expense. you know it's, it's funny i was thinking about this like if you gave a con Smythe for each individual series like you would give it to john quick but actually you'd give it to flurry like like yeah. john quick Number should one. probably get it yeah. but like flurry actually got it yeah. like <laughs> john quick gave the kings every opportunity oh, yeah. in this series I, I and and there isn't another look, look at the Pittsburgh Philly series look at all the other series the Nashville mm-hmm. Colorado series they would die to have a performance by quick mm-hmm. and and just it's it's like such a meme now but the Kings just couldn't score and it it brings up another topic of the 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 inability to score and I think you look at you know Kopitar who had such a tremendous year and for him to you know be silenced it's it's a huge bummer but at the same time I think where this series was lost was the the depth of scoring and it was a problem that started to occur as the year went on and Kopitar went up and all of a sudden a lot of other people's production went down and I don't think that was because Kopitar went up it just for some reason you know Pearson kind of disappeared you know Kempe 30 what are we, this is a, we'll add another one to the last podcast <laughs> 30 something games now it, it's just that's where it disappeared and you know you, you don't see the second line production all of a sudden and then it's easy to shut down one line and that's what the the Knights were able to do and overall it's just you know again uh, you know I mentioned it earlier it, it's a bummer to see Quick's performance go to waste really in game 3 the Kings outshot the Golden Knights 39 to 26 Tonight they outshoot them thirty-one to twenty-one. Um, in Game Three, the Golden Knights—I would say—they dominated the play a little bit more, but the Kings yeah. generated more shots. But tonight, start to finish, the Kings were all over them. I mean, there was there were maybe a few minutes in the second period and maybe a few minutes in the third where the Golden Knights generated any kind of sustained yeah. offensive pressure in the Kings zone. But for the most part, from the jump. This was a Kings dominating performance. Uh, at the end of the first period, I 
I said to a couple people, well, we're down by one. You know, time to time to score a couple. And everybody said, we're not down by one. We're tied. And I said, nope, we're down by one. <laughs> uh, sorry, the Kings are down by one. Um, because we've already seen them shut out once in this series. We've already seen them score one goal in five periods in a trip, you know, in a double overtime game. And then we saw them basically score one goal in game three. You know, they had the, the tip in once the game was already out of hand. But tonight I felt like Marc-Andre Fleury absolutely did steal this game yeah. for the Golden Knights. And he, not that he didn't play great and, no, not that, and not that what Jack's saying about secondary scoring isn't true. But I just felt like this was in a night where the Kings needed to win and they came out prepared to win. Marc-Andre Fleury showed why he's Marc-Andre Fleury, why he's got three Stanley Cup rings. And oh, two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. And, and why he was the cornerstone of this franchise, right? Like, you can talk about Carlson's amazing year. Yep. And you no, can yeah. talk about James Hill and all of that. But, but none of this, all of the anticipation and all of the fan expectations of Vegas' success hinged on Marc-Andre Fleury, and, and he showed why tonight. No, you're exactly right. And, the, and to go along with that, it's the, the performance that the – that we needed from the Kings if they were going to have a shot. Mm-hmm. Especially those first 10 minutes in the first period in general. Uh, the Kings needed to come out quick. They needed to push the pace. They needed to take chances. Drew Doughty played over 10 minutes in the first period. It, it was a night where you, when your back's against the wall, your best players need to play the most and they need to play at the highest level. Did they play at the highest level? You know, They showed it throughout the night, but you know when you're down 3-0 and you get down a goal... It's easy to throw three defensemen on the ice and just play, you know, no mistakes, chip the puck out. That's what they did for the third period as a whole and even into the second period when they scored. So, you know, they put themselves in the situation, you know, blowing game three. And it's it's unfortunate because it could have been a whole different series if they were to grab game three. And um, that that's where the series was lost. The half late in this game, in game four, we saw Carter switch to the top line. We saw Kempe playing with Defoli and Pearson. We saw at one point Thompson playing with them, <laughs> with Defoli and, and Pearson. Why not chain um, line? Why not? Well, line? well, one of the things that that I said in the preview up to this uh, game with the, uh, my father was, you know, put Kempe back on the second line, put Carter on the top line. You know, we suggested all these sort of radical changes because you were down three to nothing. You had nothing else to lose. The half. Would you have rather seen? What we saw tonight, where they kept the same lineup, they kept the same strategy, and they dominated but lost one to nothing. Or would you rather see them try and swing for the fences and lose eight to nothing? Is that a real question? Yeah. <laughs> well, what else do I want to talk about? The core of the half. First of all, there's no combination of lines that this team would lose eight to nothing. I mean, yeah. like the, the, this is going to be a one goal game, no matter how you shook out the lines. So yeah, in the last pod, I think I said I would have liked to see them come out. You know, I, I think it wasn't really until late in the third that they put Carter up with. Yeah with um, Kopitar and Brown, and I, I don't know, I just would have liked to, to to come at it from, from the start. It's a desperation game, you know? Um, but I, I don't think there's any, uh, there's no downside. You know, I, I don't think there would be any combination that would lead them to, to be giving up lots of goals unless you start putting, like, Ayafalo and Toffoli on defense. <laughs> Maybe that, like... It did occur to me that they, that they might want to try Ledoux on wing. It was, was Ayafalo... Oh, my God, I didn't think about that. It was Ayafalo that was, unfortunately, on that yeah. two-on-one. And, you know, like Larry Robinson once said, you know, never trust a forward yeah, on yeah. defense. <laughs> <laughs> they were... You know, as the half said, when you're put into a desperation position, yeah, I think it would have been nice to see 
you know, start the game with a Kopitar, Carter, and Toffoli or Pearson or you know, whoever you want, Brown, uh, just because you know, they had to throw the kitchen sink at the, the, the Vegas Knights. And, and though, to an extent, they did in the first period, uh, it didn't seem like they, you know, took full advantage of, of you know, throwing all their eggs in one basket and and truly going after it. Because at that point, it was it truly had to be risk-reward hockey. And, and you know, though it came out, you know, 0-0, as you mentioned, it really was 1-0 because of all the chances that they had in the first period and couldn't convert. It was just a matter of, you know, understanding the fact that Vegas escaped. And it truly felt like they were up 1-0 after the game, even though it was tied. This game tonight and and the series in general felt to me like last season right where the focus was on trying to protect mm-hmm. these tiny leads or, or very much yeah or at actually, least prevent a big yeah, no, a big lead yeah i actually completely agree and how many times did we say last season it didn't work if they don't score you know more than one after these big flurries they're going to wind up giving up a, you mm-hmm. know the other yeah. team is going to you you, you can't you can't play prevent hockey against Vegas. They they were against four, anybody. They, I mean, well, yes, but specifically <laughs> <except> when, the Kings. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> but no, you you can't play prevent hockey against Vegas because they roll four lines. They're always coming and they never get tired. They're young. Mm-hmm. They're not inexperienced, but they are young, and that's where the the difference was. Is you've got a coach like Gallant who's you know proven and you know has worked this you know team into magic. Uh, if he's not the coach of the year, I don't know who is. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how things play out as they move forward and, and as there's you know you you play more teams in a series. Uh, it, clearly, the Kings were were outmanned and and uh, just out depth. I guess I don't know how to you know phrase no, that correctly. No, that's perfect. Bath, um, you mentioned Carter. You'd wanted to see him on the top line. We talked about some of the puck luck late in the in the third. There was a shot. I'd like to see the clarify the Carter from the last couple weeks of the regular season on the top line. <laughs> <laughs> there was a shot that Carter took. Uh, I want to say in the second period on a power play. Yes, that one timer. Yeah, Kopitar uh, got him the po- the pass perfectly uh, in the slot. Oh. <laughs> <What> and <happened? laughs> well, <laughs> and then what happened? Indeed, um, but that play alone. Makes me say, okay, this series is yeah. there's something That's goofy. I mean. There's something goofy about this series because because I, a fully armed and operational Jeff Carter buries that <laughs> shot. Yes, and we can talk about injuries. And look, I think the Kings have shown over the last couple of seasons they don't really disclose injuries at the yeah, end no of the season. No. I mean, it took it took it uh, to Luke Robitaille and. Um, I forgot who else. Oh, Mike, I think it was Mike, Mike Fuda on yeah. Hockey Central talked about how Kopitar was injured. Three quarters through this season. <laughs> this yeah, season yeah, how exactly. Kopitar was injured last year. And, and Kopitar was the first to say at the end of last season mm-hmm. he wasn't injured. Right. So, which everyone was like, what? <laughs> um, so I don't think we'll we'll hear what was ailing these guys. But no. that, that one-timer from Jeff Carter in particular showed me, and I haven't looked at the advanced stats or seen the heat maps or whatever for tonight's game, so I don't know if the Kings... Out Corsied the other team. I don't know what that. You, Jesse just turned the. Is that is that Slimer? good? Is good that blob. Slimer from the, Ghost <laughs> the big Boys? the big giant red blob that the Kings. So had. the Kings did they beat the? Oh yeah. In, in the advanced stats. Oh yeah. So I lo- I love advanced stats. I'm mm-hmm. not someone who trashes it, but puck luck. Yeah, is something that you can't track. And tonight, in addition to, and, and the, I think you yeah. you combine Flurry stealing the game with puck luck. Yeah, and I think nine times out of ten Carter scores on that. Nine times out of ten Kopitar cuts across the slot. And, and scores on that Dustin nine times out of ten. Dustin Brown does it too. Yeah. So it's at least this season. So um, 
I just think you've got to chalk it up to, to Puckloff. And, and this Vegas team, you know, there's a lot. We're all in Hollywood. We love a good story. There's a lot to be said for a team of destiny. We saw it in 2012. That was a team of destiny. This team, I don't know if they'll make it all the way, but, like, 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 there's no reason they can't. You know, there isn't right now. Jesse, I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> well, I mean, look, they, this team. Well, this, time, time out. Yeah. <laughs> what from this series has told you they can't make it all the way? They scored five goals uh, against the Jennings winning team, Jesse. Yeah. What, what happens when they play a team that's got a sieve of what a goal when they of play a goalie? Winnipeg, <laughs> three goals a game. Well, they they're not gonna play Winnipeg, so they don't have to worry about. Well, they're not gonna be the Sharks. No, they're gonna. They'll either lose to the Sharks or they'll lose to Nashville, or they'll lose to Pittsburgh. I just don't think they're gonna win the cup. Which, which again, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm not I, taking. So you think they're gonna make the cup because they're gonna lose to Pittsburgh? They might. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, look, I'm not. I, Jesse Cohen. It doesn't Golden matter. Knights fan. It doesn't matter how far they make it. All none of Knights none fans. of that should take away from what an amazing season they've had, right? Like even no, if they do no, lose I, in the second yeah, series. Yeah. So I'm not. But if you're asking me what I what I saw in this series that really? makes that makes me you think were not impressed by this team. Oh, no, of course I was. But but if you're asking me, do I think they can win the cup based on this series, based on a three game sweep of a team missing three and three, and three, three games? Is a, it, I don't game count two game two. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, look, they've, they're the first expansion team to make the playoffs. They're the first expansion team to do this. They're the first team ever to win a four game series by beating the other team three games. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The first uh, expansion team from Las Vegas. I mean, like, yeah, how many no, more but that's my, that's my point. <laughs> they, they 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 won game one, one to nothing on an early goal. A deflection. Yeah. Then they win game four because their goalie stole it, and they get you know a goal halfway through the right. second period. I'm just saying. game two's a double overtime, one goal win, and game three, you know, like I don't, I didn't think they looked don't like the Sharks when the Sharks beat the Kings two years ago. I said, oh, okay, that's a team that I could see going to the Stanley Cup final, and they, and they went to the Stanley Cup. That's happen. right, and they still lost. And then what happened? And then what happened? Indeed. <laughs> this team, uh, based on and and I'll grant you, I haven't paid close attention to the Sharks Duck series, but I watched all of Game Three. Uh, that the Sharks won eight to two, yeah, and I'm sorry that Sharks uh, team eight to one. Sums sorry, eight, eight to one. one. That sums it up. How dare you? Yeah, sir. but no. But one. if you're asking me which team I have more faith going into the, the next round, the, the Vegas team that, that swept the Kings or the Sharks team that's on the verge of sweeping the Ducks, I think the Ducks look better. That's just yeah, or the be, Sharks. Sorry. Yeah, it'll be a hell of a series. That's yeah. for sure. But I mean, I mean it, that that again, that's unpredictable because I think both teams are playing their best at the right time. Yeah. Now Vegas obviously played very well and then plateaued or dipped a little bit and then they come into the playoffs and just knock out the Kings uh, so so that's where the interesting part of that is is going to see how effective that fourth line for Vegas is going to be against say you know Pavelski or, or Evander Kane or Couture uh, so you know that's moving forward but uh, for the Kings aspect this this is just a, a combination of a faster team against a transitioning team that's moving to the faster pace. As far as tonight goes, not a single Kings player at even strength had fancy stats in the negatives. They were The worst player on the team was Tanner Pearson at 50-50. His line generated 17 mm-hmm. shots for, gave up 17 shots against. Mm-hmm. The half, never mind Marc-Andre Fleury, was Braden McNabb scoring the goal to eliminate oh. the Kings the deepest uh, twist in yeah, yeah. Uh, or I'm going to call it the McNabb report from now on <laughs> so, so for long, people that don't know a few years ago uh, Jesse and I kind of started tracking how many former Kings uh, started scoring against against the Kings especially big goals and, and my nickname for it was the Molson Index named after Matt Molson who 
you know, played a, played a handful of games for the Kings yeah. and then went on to become a consistent 40-goal scorer uh, and is now playing in Ontario. But, um, <laughs> you know, McNabb, and I was so... I, I meant to ask the, the Simbin guys last podcast, but to me, the McNabb that we saw in this series, not just tonight, was the McNabb that was promised to this team when they traded for him mm-hmm. from Buffalo. He was supposed to be the, the next kind of uh, Matt Green type player, ed, player that played on the edge, stay-at-home defenseman, mm-hmm. And, you know, starting in the, in the I don't know if that was the first game where he hit Kopitar behind the net, oh, yeah. but he played with such an edge that just leads me to believe that he must have been so scared of Daryl Sutter and making a mistake that that he was allowed to blossom as, as a player. And, yes, it's, um, I think the only thing that would hurt more is if, if he got a hat trick tonight. I think that's the only thing that would hurt more. I don't know if it was, you know, him being afraid of... Uh, of Sutter and you know being able to play to his extent uh, last year or the fact that he was so disrespected by not being protected and taken yeah. to Vegas that uh, I mean it started with the first game in the, the of the year against Vegas I mean he yeah. came out and just like it was the best game we'd seen from him in a Kings uniform or against a Kings uniform and for me I think you know you saw the celebration you know that he yeah. had after he I mean, scored the goal was... it meant so much to him to yeah. basically knock out the Kings after basically being kicked to the curb against them I think you know to him this was very important and uh, unfortunately he got the last laugh and that celebration I mean that resonated because what was it second period when he scored that yeah, goal and he so knew, it he, wasn't even he knew he yeah, knew that he that knew, was the game winning goal and he's not an emotional guy no, by he's not. any means he's and not. for the big fist pump go to his knee again and and you just saw the you know what it meant to him and you know good for him to to kick it you know give it back but yeah at the king's expense it, it is a true bummer to you know to see something like that on the molson index be very high <laughs> and, and and the same token i mean i don't you know i'd have to go back and and i think we can play this game in the off season who who maybe the king should have protected instead well, we can play that game right now if you want but i'm just saying i don't think the kings Jesse? wanted to lose McNabb. i don't know no they, i don't they, think they they, did i'm sure i'm sure i mean look in, in hindsight i'm glad they didn't trade dustin brown but i'm sure they tried every other avenue besides picks, besides besides that, yeah. you know every other side deal to try to keep McNabb. so it wasn't like i can understand him yeah. he might be more against the coaching staff his frustration than against the team and you saw he and Dowdy had a, a really nice hug at Center Ice yeah, yeah. And, and you know that was his partner for, for a couple seasons but but who should they have protected instead Justin? when <laughs> Vegas was allowed to draft he was like, you gotta understand he was like, like give me the yeah. wrap it up side. when Vegas was allowed to draft they were allowed to make trades with teams you know for example they got Marshall yep. so and Smith Yep. In a trade, so they specifically wouldn't draft somebody else. Yep. They got Carlson's in a trade oh, yeah. specifically, so they wouldn't draft somebody else. Talk about talk about the Wild in game right. two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I always believed that McNabb to LA was part of an agreement. There was never anything. McNabb to Vegas, you mean? Sorry, thank you. Yeah, McNabb to Vegas. I always thought that that was that that was worked out. It was going to like that was you guys could take yeah. him. We're fine with it. Yeah, and 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 that and that everybody understood between both teams. Okay, this is the move. Um, I thought in 2015-16, the year that the Kings made the playoffs, set the t- record for team victories, you know, quick was a Vezina yeah, fun, blah, 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 blah. playoff series. Dowdy, Dowdy's Norris <laughs> season. McNabb was Dowdy's partner yeah. 86% of his minutes in that season, and I thought that that pairing, McNabb and Dowdy, 
was the best Kings pairing of the last three seasons. I thought it allowed Dowdy's game to right. I thought it, it freed up Dowdy to do yeah. Drew Dowdy yeah, things because so, he had a stay at home partner. Yeah, exactly. And and we saw in this game how valuable McNabb can be as a stay at home partner. So yeah, I think well, we're an offensive force and goal scorer. Yeah, <laughs> no, but that's the point, right? Like you know, there Willie you Mitchell, go. Rob Scuderi were not huge goal scorers, but in big moments they could step up. So I don't, I don't understand why. They were happy to lose McNabb, and I did think that when Lombardi and Sutter were fired, it was because of injuries, but but after this year has now played out, I do have to concede. You see Brown's resurgence, you see, you know, uh, uh, Clifford... Uh, Clifford Kovatar's bounce back here. Yes. Lewis's career high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Muzzin, everything. And, and one of the things that happened to McNabb last year was he was also one of the guys that was hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, he only played 49 games, and yeah. when he came back, Good he point. all of a sudden, he wasn't on Doughty's... Uh, you know, all of a sudden, last year, Dowdy and Forbert were a pair, and McNabb yeah. wasn't. And then Lombardi was the one who constructed the, uh, or wasn't it Lombardi, or was it not? I don't remember. But anyway, regardless, obviously, Lomb- obviously McNabb had lost favor as a result of yeah of treatment at the you know at the hands of Sutter, whatever you want to say. And so, yeah, I think that was one of those decisions, along with. No, I think you're right because I'm I'm looking at the players that the Kings had mm-hmm. had available, and you've got obviously Brown was available, yeah. but Clifford, uh, Gabarik. Um, Lewis seems laughable at the time. Yeah. Lewis, Jordan Nolan, you know Nick Shore, Nick Dowd, Matt Green. So yes, I think there was probably yeah. like, hey, you take you take the best of, of the available, of the available, or, or or the player that we want to go the most, yeah. you know, out of all of them. So, so I mean, yeah. So he scores the goal, and and I really liked Donovan McNabb, and you know, all through this Donovan McNabb. Sorry, Braden McNabb. Oh man, what he did for the Eagles that year, <laughs> oh. unreal. Don't, right? Don't forget about the Vikings. <laughs> oh, yeah. and look, I was at I was in school in upstate New York when he was at Syracuse, so I used to like love him. Braden for the, McNabb, for the orange. Meat. Uh, but I mean, somebody was saying, you know, it's, uh, I was getting into way too many Twitter fights during the series, and somebody said something like, <laughs> "Most of them with Dennis Burns." Yeah, and somebody said, you know, where were your tears when they lost Braden McNabb? You didn't care. I said, no. As a matter of fact, no, actually, I, I vocally was, said I didn't uh, want them to lose Braden. No, McNabb. because yeah, I think uh, as opposed to a Carlson, McNabb was someone who kind of been able to showcase his his skill. Yeah, uh, before the before <laughs> their the whole draft. team. Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, now, you know, who knows where, you know, they decided that it was fine giving up McNabb. Uh, the one thing I can point to is, you know, though his contract is only 1.7 mil, the Kings 250 days ago were not in a good area yeah, con- contractually. Yeah, you have you had the Dowdy contract that didn't look good at the time. Now, right. he played what he was worth, no question, this year. Gabrick... You was, mean Brown? Oh, Brown. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. yeah. No Brown, problem. and then and then Gabrick this year, Gabrick now or back then, mm-hmm. uh, his contract did not look good either. So it was one of those things where I think the Kings felt okay. That's one point seven off. It, you know, that's fine with us because now it gives us a little bit more freedom to do what we need to do and, and work out. You know, what we did. And though I do believe that you know it got better as time went on, and you know at least the money was more well spent or more you know well used, I guess. Um, McNabb, it just kind of, I think it was a little bit lost in transition of how valuable this guy was, a little bit because of the injury last year that you brought up. Yeah, he winds up being a, uh, a 1.7 cap hit on, uh, on for Vegas, and I think you're right, at the time, it I, was I think probably. Forbert was like 650 or something. Yeah, it, and, it was yeah. cheap, we'll take it, they're, oh, they're kind of the same, well... No, they're not. No, and unfortunately what winds up happening is because McNabb leaves, uh, you wind up, I think, under more pressure to make the FNUF trade. And I think we'd all agree that the FNUF trade has worked out. 
But FNAF has a replacement for McNabb in the lineup, which he sort of is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's three times more yeah. expensive, <laughs> and he's twice as old. Um, or not twice as old, but but he's older and more expensive, and that's fine, right? Like I don't, I, I don't regret that trade. I think that trade worked out well. I thought Fanoff played great. Yep, Thompson um, was valuable too. Yeah, I, and, and that look, trade worked out. And Fanoff, I think, is going to be valuable. Uh, hopefully, assume that maybe the Kings get a little bit more depth next year. Mm-hmm. I think he could be. You know, he got off to a great start, and obviously, that's a you know, you can never have a second first impression. And you know, scoring three goals in his first four games was obviously a great way to start his Kings career. Uh, but he, uh, I don't think he plateaued as as the year went on. But I think he, you know, kind of got you know lost in the shuffle with the injuries and you know the matchups or, or the ice time, you know, or how he was used didn't necessarily work out in this series specifically. Uh, but I think Fanuf is you know going to be a perfectly good you know eighteen to twenty two minute you know D pair second behind. Um, yeah, with Dowdy and and you know the the contracts were the end you know were a big reason on why I think McNabb was kind of kicked to the curb just because of <laughs> <laughs> well I mean that's the funny thing about this ex- about this expansion draft and it's why I sort of have been snarling and bristling at all of the talk about this just a little bit <laughs> no but the point is nobody on this Vegas team was actually kicked to the curb like I suppose you could argue. Uh, I suppose I, I you disagree. could argue Marcia so was because they was traded with Riley Smith so that they would take somebody else. But like Donovan McNabb, or st- I keep saying Donovan McNabb, Brayden McNabb. <laughs> um, look, they lost. What do you want? I'm upset. Um, Brayden McNabb was Donovan the Donovan McNabb never won that. That's true. But Bra- Brayden McNabb was the <laughs> oh, true, huh? was the best available. You're right. You're right. Uh, player, uh, I, I guess, other yeah, than Brown. Um, but at the time, we didn't know Brown was going to score 61 points and have a career year. But Braden McNabb was the best available player on a team that only protected eight players. So if your argument is that, that a team has to identify its ninth best player and then is forced to expose them, if you want to call that being kicked to the curb, then, like, mm-hmm. fine. But, mm-hmm. I, I Like, go, they I, were never going to not protect well, Carter, Kovacar, yeah, 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 no, you're, you're like, exactly John right. Quick, like... <laughs> no, you're right, but I, I I go back to what we talked about on the last podcast in the sense that all these guys were unprotected and yeah. were essentially told that hey, we don't a see you in the future of our plans or b see you mo- uh, valuable enough to keep you. I see why that. Or, I see and that's, why that's, they see it that exactly, way. Exactly, and that's but yeah. that's that's the reality of it. And whether they whether or not you know they were kicked to the curb because they were quote unquote the eighth or ninth best player on the team. <laughs> You know, this is a team game, and you know you're sometimes you're just as good as your yeah. eighth or ninth best player on the team, and, and yeah, exactly. You know, Kopitar's not going to win you every game, and Doughty's not going to win you every game, and Quick's not going to win you every game. And Quick went 500 this year, and though his record didn't show how good he played, it's one of those situations where you know, uh, McNabb's the second deep pair who plays 20 minutes yeah. a game, and when you <laughs> replace him with Fantenberg or you know, or, yeah. or you know, it's so the list goes on. It's yeah. it, it's going to show, and it did. Yeah. All right, the half series feelings. Um, is this despair? Is this closer to? This is the first time the Kings have been swept. Why do you have and, to? Well, you have to equate something to something. Why can't we just feel sad? Why does it have to be as sad as or more no, or less no, sad? No, no, this is, this is do you feel good or do you feel sad? I'm giving you an out here. I feel sad. Okay, fine. We all feel sad. No, no, of course we all feel sad. season just ended. Look, because I'm not going to spend 30 minutes talking about, well, I feel sad. I'm trying to, well, you know. I'm Good thing I have a therapy session. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing hashtag analysis. Now, the half. Is this. We're just talking about the expansion draft for a Is this. Minutes. All right, Jack. Is, <laughs> is this. 
closer to 2015-16, where it was an attempt to prolong that cup-winning window, or is this closer to 2009-10, where it was a new team that had just made the playoffs and was building towards, uh, you know, something in the future? This is not... No, no, it's not 2009-10 at no? all. No, I, you know, I think... I, well, here's the thing. You've got Kale Clegg mm-hmm. starting in Ontario this week. You've got Velarde ripping up mm-hmm. the Junior Hockey League. So I think there is a little bit of young um, hope out there. I, this is a team in transition, and I think everyone knows that. And we've yeah. talked about this, and, and you've <laughs> seen what happened, and a lot of us made fun of the... I mean, let's not, let us not forget the Blackhawks were swept last year <laughs> and did, scored three goals. They did, they did score a goal at home. <laughs> right? At least we, at least we got so, two. So <laughs> uh, the Blackhawks also won multiple Stanley Cups in a short uh, uh, period. So let's uh, let's hope that the management – pl- and I do think the management in place is, is aware of that because they've been able to see it happen. So uh, I, I, I don't – it's definitely not 15-16 – and it's definitely not nine ten. I think this is kind of its own, okay. its yeah. own beast. I think that makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to have to be an active off season. <laughs> yeah. and I don't mean that in the sense of you know trade everyone, mm-hmm. you know get rid of your core. I think the core itself is talking about the core of the half. Yeah, sorry. Um, I like what he talks about. <laughs> I, I think the core itself is going to be fine. It, it's the depth. It's the. I think it, what needs to be addressed more so than the defense actually is the, the scoring depth. Yeah. Because when it mattered the most, that disappeared. Now, quick play. Quick play. Unbelievable. That we can address. Yeah. We we can all agree on defense. That looked fine. It really did. And that's when you didn't have Forbert, who played eighty-two games this year, or something around eighty. It, that's good. I think we're fine. They, we have young D that are building up, that are young. They're, they're, I said that, but um, uh, they, they're getting experience, and that's what's important. And it takes experience to understand how to, A, play NHL hockey, but B, play NHL hockey in games that matter, a.k.a. the playoffs. So defensively, I think they're, they're, they're getting better. We're offensively, the bottom six or even you know, you know, the top six and, uh, generically, that's where you need to address more scoring. And whether they should have gone out of the deadline and got Evander Kane or or so on and so forth, you can you theoretically go anywhere on that aspect. But whether you're going to go to Velarde to score or, or you stay within your system or, or go out and make a move and get rid of some cap spacer or you use your draft picks to, to go after elite scoring, I think that's where they need to focus. I think you're right. Um... The re- what is it for you? Well, the reason I referenced 2009-10, or, or mm-hmm. you want 10-11, whatever year you want to call it. Um, Adrian Kempe's 21. Michael 10 was the Vancouver year. Yeah, 10-11 was the Sharks. Yeah. But, but, I mean, that was Sans Copa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Adrian Kempe's 21. Amadio's 21. Iafalo's 24. Reader's 25. Ledoux is 25. Gravel is 25. Foline's 26. You have Clegg, Velarde, Anderson Dolan, yeah, Lintu yeah. Niemi, Luff, Roy... Peterson. Luff has a great dog, by yeah, the way. Perfect. Yeah. Good, because I love Luff. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Jesse's on board now. Yeah. I mean, I was already a huge Luff fan before that. But, I mean, the point is you now have, right after five or six years of, oh, the Kings have the worst developments, yeah. you know, covered yeah, in the yeah, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. And, yeah. and in this series, like, you know, did Kempe, you know, Kempe had the best game on the team in game three, and he yeah. was flying tonight. And, you know, he obviously uh-huh. still needs to bring his game along, but... He's yeah. he's a kid. He's a Rickley. baby. Yeah, Rickley, right? Rickley, yeah. exactly. And and, 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 and the next question is, 
do you package that and get someone big, or, or do you stick with it and develop? And, and I think you have and, options now. Exactly, and that's but that's the key part is you have the options. You have the potential to a develop and, and turn them into the next Kopitar, hopefully, or and you have the option to say, okay, well, you know, whether they see it or not within some of their draft picks or youth or. Or, or young talent, you know, can they move that and get something bigger that can support Kovatar, support yeah. you know C- Carter while he's still in his you know the back half of his prime. That that's what needs to be addressed, and I think that's uh, that's what leads me to be optimistic. But but the reason I phrased the question the way I did was because as we to make con- me sadder. No, 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 no. <laughs> quite the opposite. As I constantly insist on repeating on this podcast, happiness is measured by expectations. Coming into this season, I don't know that... Are we playing the game on Fox Sports West right now? Oh, that's... Now I am sad. (laughs) But coming into the season... Coming into the season, I don't know that many of us would have expected a playoff team. This was... No. I don't think... I don't think think anybody... No, no, exactly. And on game 81... This was house money this season. Game 81, they had a chance to finish second in the Pacific Division. And I don't think at the beginning of the season anybody would have expected that. And, And... I certainly don't think anybody would have expected, you know, Kopitar, Brown, Muzzin, uh, Dowdy, and yeah. Lewis to have career years, while at the same time introducing a handful of rookies into the lineup. Where moving into next year, you can go, well, look, maybe moving pieces. Of no, no, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But but you say like, look, going into the season, we didn't know if Kempe was going to finish the season. We didn't know who Alex Ayafalo was. We didn't know what a Christian Folin was. We had no idea what an Al- uh, what, a, what a Fantenberg, an Oscar <laughs> yeah. Fantenberg was. Um, uh, four bird of eighty-two <laughs> games. So I mean, so yes, it yes, it stings. Yes, it's a bummer. Yes, it's it's really hard to watch your team get swept, especially the way they did tonight, getting shut out games one and four um but to me it is closer to a 2009-10 season where you now at least you have stuff to look forward to new faces new things to watch develop and you and you sort of know like well okay the veterans are going to be the veterans and and now you have all these new players that could that could develop into potentially great things right i'm excited for the off season, and I'm excited for the new mm-hmm. season. Whereas at the end of 2015-16, it was just like, oh god, you know, we lost, we, you know, we traded all our first round picks, right, and right. Lucic is going to go to Edmonton, and now we don't have Jones, and they just got beat, you know, they got their heads caved in by the Sharks, blah blah blah. So anyway, I'm. So what's your point? I, it's like the end of Inside <laughs> Out. I've learned this season. This series has taught me that sadness is important, and uh, the flip side of happiness. So there you have it. No, you're exactly right. It's it's one of those things where at the beginning exactly of the year, right. <laughs> we didn't expect this, yeah. and to to make it, and you know, I guess quote unquote, get your hopes up, and then to just you know get shot down in a four game sweep, it is a bummer, and it's a, it's an awful way to go out. But they overachieved this year, and you know, a lot of young players grew, and yeah, you hate to see a year like Kopitar's, you know go to waste or 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 the way quick played go to waste and in the series uh so yeah that's that's a bummer and it's unfortunate because you know they deserve better than a 4-0 sweep and they played a little bit better than that but they they were outplayed and they they did get beat by a better team that being said you know as you mentioned with the youth and and the potential for you know rebuilding on the fly and and turning this team into a a cup contender again and and you know a consistent playoff team there's the potential to do that and they have all the pieces in place to to make a few right moves in the offseason and get back here and and hopefully have better results next year i think that's probably as eloquent a way to end (laughs) the season the half thanks for joining us 
pleasure, Jesse, and thank you for all your hard work uh, bringing the, the voice of the people to the people. Is that what I've done? Um, <laughs> even though you're big time now, so you're not really one of the people, you're part of the problem. But, Is that a fat joke? Um, <laughs> no, it was not a fat joke. I have not... Ellie King's Twitter. I do not make fat jokes at you. Um, but thank you for all your hard work uh, this season and for Jack, too, for all the post-game podcasts. And, and uh, uh, a lot goes into what Jesse does for you Kings fans. So um, as much as we all like to give him crap for it, it is a lot of work. And um, it's it's pretty cool that the LA Kings have this uh, a fan kind of hosted and supported uh, podcast. So make sure you all subscribe for exciting summer conversations about the LA Kings core. <laughs> One of these days we will do not a starting the royal half. <laughs> Jack, thanks for the season. Oh no, it's been a pleasure to be a part of it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to voice my opinion and, and insight on on the game and. Um, no, I, I appreciate. Are you coming it. back next year, or do you graduate? I'm I'm still here, so right. I, I hope to be back next year. Right. Well, if you're if you're yeah. as long as you're in Southern California, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. It's been you're a pleasure. Back. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks for listening, Kings fans. We will have plenty of episodes about the core. No, both. no core. <laughs> you you no don't core. have to participate. Okay, good. But I like talking about. Stanley Tucci. Who else are you going to get to be on the show to talk to you about? What, Ken Balki is going to yeah, talk to you about absolutely. the other I'll get my, get my dad. Uh, but anyway, stay tuned, Kings fans, because, hey, the Kings may be out of the playoffs, but the Ontario oh. Reign aren't. Do we want to do <laughs> Oh, God. All the Rain Men? All the Rain Men? No, no. I'm going, it's going to officially becomes all the Kings' pens tomorrow. But um, Is that your pick for – do we want to do predictions? or Go, Let's do it. Uh, I, think the Shark, I think the Sharks are going to beat the Ducks. Uh-huh. Yeah, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to beat the Sharks. Okay. I think Winnipeg's going to beat Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think no. Winnipeg's going to beat Nashville. It's yeah. Crazy. And I think we're oh, you think going Winnipeg's to, gonna beat as Nashville? much as I want to have the Jets and the Sharks, wow. because oh. I am a fan of Broadway musicals, uh-huh. I think you're going to see the Knights and the Jets in the Western Conference Final. Okay. Um, I think, I don't even need to really go through this, I think Boston's going <laughs> to go, I think you're going to see Boston and Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference Final, uh, I'm saying it's going to be Jets Penguins. Wait, is that a thing that can happen? What the Boston the, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, yeah. Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack, I'll go. I think you're right. No, he he is right, uh, but he's but he's wrong about his predictions. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll go Nashville over Colorado, really? Winnipeg over uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. As bold as it is, San Jose over Anaheim. Yeah, I'll take Anna. I'll take San Jose over. Uh, Vegas, I'll take Nashville over Winnipeg, Nashville to the Cup, and then I'll go Tampa, I'll, Tampa to the Eastern Conference Finals, Pittsburgh to the Eastern Conference Finals, Tampa, Nashville, Nashville. Ooh, really? Tampa, Nashville. Wow. Uh, NBC's dream. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Two hockey hotbeds. I've, I've basically have chalk. I've got Nashville over Winnipeg in the second round. I think I'll probably take Sharks over Knights in the second round. Really? Yeah. On, I, I, just, think, I think you underestimate the Knights. Maybe I do. I mean, it well, certainly wouldn't be the first time I've underestimated the team. I think Nashville. <laughs> Including the LA Kings. Yeah, well, I think Nashville makes it back to the uh, to the Stanley Cup final, and I think Pittsburgh makes it back to the Stanley Cup final yeah. because at the end of the day, and I've begun actually screaming at people in the in the media room about this. Everybody keeps that, talking that about how the, friends for you. Every, everybody keeps talking about how the game has changed, and I'm sorry, you cannot change the game enough to make Phil Kessel. Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, and the rest of that team, not amazing. Yeah. And so... There's, there's two things I'm rooting for. 
I'm rooting for the actually. I mean, I don't remember predictions, but I would love to see the Penguins pull off a three peat. Yeah, I would in say. this day and age of sports, across yeah. all sports, I think that would be astonishing. But there's a part of me because I I love uh, uh, what, 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 disrupting the <laughs> system to see the Golden Knights win it in their first team, and think of all the fans in Edmonton and Arizona and Nashville yeah. and San Jose LA. and New Jersey that have sat through. Uh, management coming in and rebuilds and all that ah, stuff and some punk ass expansion team comes out of the gate and says hey all your X's and O's mean nothing by the way they, they only have 27 million dollars in cap space I had not yet considered the possibility I see I'm surprised you had it no 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 well here's it the is thing. such an F you to the rest of the league and and my my rule is, as everybody knows is and no, is no new ha- no, no. Team and you'll right. get an expansion team and you'll get an my, my rule is always no new happy people but I had never considered the flip side of that which is as Vegas loses everybody's unhappy right that's what I mean. Like you can make twenty nine yeah. teams unhappy, thirty teams unhappy, and I know you like unhappy. I so do. think about that. You have a little bit of time, but that's what a Vegas Golden Knights win it is such an f u to the rest of the league. Yeah, all of the managements and all of the presidents and all of the head of hockey operations in all of the cities to have that happen. All right, then I'll then I'll then I, then my new dream scenario is Vegas Pens. Ah. In the con- in this in the Stanley Cup final, and Pens win because I still want a Pens three peat. But if the Vegas Golden Knights could reach the, the Stanley Cup final, you're right. It would make the Calgary Flames and their fired head coach, and and the Edmonton Oilers, and is this their year? And the Dallas Stars, and is this their year? And every other team that is this their year, and it never is the Florida Washington. Panthers. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think no, of it's all true. your Calgary Flames, all your Dallas yeah. Stars. Oh, this is a year. Washington but this Capitals, team comes in and yeah. year Ovechkin. one. They literally had no players yeah. 12 months ago, yeah. and they come in and win <laughs> the, 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 the most, the hardest trophy in all pro sports to win. Like <laughs> The only problem is if they do win it, and I dare say what I said the other day, which is that the rules were an overcorrection, nobody will listen to me. Anyway. Are we still talking about this? Yeah, yeah, we've got plenty of time, plenty of time to think about it. Kings fans, please do go out and attend the Ontario Reigns playoff games, because... You got nothing else to do. Yeah, it is. Well, and I just I just read that like they get Ledoux, they get um, they get everyone back. Uh, Brodinsky. I mean, like like Gravel. like yeah. I mean, like talk about an influx. That's great. Plus guys like Clay. And, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Down there, right? yeah. yeah. Well, they can't get Brickley because he was a right. free agent signing. But yeah, <laughs> if Vegas allows you to bet on the AHL, yeah, <laughs> there's your do. team. I don't see why not. Anyway, I think this is going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We will be back very shortly. Uh, because, like I said, there are Ontario Rain games. There is the core conversation. There's the rest of the playoff matches to uh, to cover. We'll be talking to are people you, are from you different to get markets. Is excited to listen to future yeah. episodes. <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening, King Sense. We'll talk to you soon. Bum, 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 bum.